You're listening to a podcast of This Positive Life, the Body.com's growing collection of first-person stories from people living with HIV. Bernard, welcome to This Positive Life. Thank you so much for having me. Can you just start by describing how you found out you were HIV positive? I found that I was HIV positive after I found out that my wife tested positive and actually had progressed to the AIDS diagnosis. She became very ill and we took her to the hospital and she was diagnosed with AIDS and so I found out through getting tested and at the recommendation of her doctor. Did they have a sense at that point how long she had been HIV positive before she was tested? I don't know exactly how long. Um, I, I really don't remember if they even told me because of just the mere shock of it. I wasn't really too aware of all the details, but she had obviously been sick for quite some time because she passed away from those complications not long after approximately three to four weeks after her diagnosis. How did you feel and what did you think when you first heard that you and also your wife were HIV positive? She was in the hospital when her doctor suggested that I go get tested. Immediately, uh, my first thought was to be there as a support system for her. And I think the next day or so, I did go and get tested. I think that test was, was done on like a Monday. I had to make a decision to remove my wife from her life support that following Thursday. And I found out the following Monday that my test result had also come back positive for HIV. The one thing I do remember is that because of the T-cell and viral load, that the time frame appeared to be that I had actually contracted it from my wife during our four-year relationship. It was just a feeling of shock. I didn't really deal with my diagnosis because I was so enthralled in the grieving of my wife um, that I didn't really know how to feel. I just knew that I had to deal with, with, with the process of grieving her loss, raising my daughter, and then approximately two weeks later, my mother passed away suddenly. And so there was just a lot of things that just didn't allow me to even focus on my diagnosis. It just was, give me my medicine, let me take the pills, let me try to stay healthy. It was just so much other stuff going on that um, I just did what the doctor told me. It was to make regular appointments and, and take the medicine. How old was your daughter at this point? My daughter, at the time that my wife passed, she was eight. I did not tell her, but she knew that my wife was sick because she had diabetes, and so her, it, that stayed out of control a lot. Now that we know it was because of her HIV status, my daughter only knew at that time that her mother had problems with her diabetic issues, and she believed at that point that that was what caused her death. She, she handled it very well because we've always been a very strong people with our faith, and um, my wife had talked to her about death and dying and, and how to handle that. I still didn't reveal to her, you know, that I, too, was positive. So because she was so young, I just wanted to try and let her have as normal of a life as possible and hoping that when she was ready to talk about those things that we would. One night we were having our father and daughter monthly discussion, 
And she just simply told me, Daddy, I want to have our talk tonight. And we started the conversation off with, well, Daddy, first of all, I want to let you know that I know that you're HIV positive. And I said, oh, really? She said, yeah, I heard my cousins talking, and they told me what had happened to Mommy. She wasn't our biological child. We actually had legal custody of her and was in the process of adopting her, so she was not affected physically by the virus. But she had overheard some her relatives speak about it. I asked her, how did she know? And she said, well, about myself. And she said, well, we learned some things in school, and I went in your drawer, and I found your prescriptions. And I went online and found out what they were for. So she pretty much was educated through the school system and some family members as to what my status was. And since then, it's been wonderful because it was such a burden lifted. But she's handled it very well since then. How old was she at that time? I think at that time she was probably about 13, maybe 14. So ever since then, it's been an open book about my status with her. I must say that it's been a big support early on in my life because that was the one thing that was was my biggest concern. At first it was how would I tell my mother. Unfortunately, my mother passed away before I got an opportunity to tell her. So there was my daughter. I was really concerned about how it would affect her life and her going to school and, and not being worried about me. And it's been a wonderful blessing to be able to have that openness with her. And it's, it's something that I encourage a lot of people to do, to find that one person in your life that you can talk about this virus with, because it can be a very lonely experience for someone without having that support. Do you two talk about her risk at all? I mean, did you talk to her about sex and sort of protecting herself and HIV? All the time. <laughs> one of my family members came to my home one day, and they were a little bit offended because I have in my bathroom a, a beautiful basket that was hand-woven, and it's full of condoms. They said, don't you think that's a little bit much to have around your daughter? And I said, my daughter is well aware of the proper use of them. I think it's, it's important that she has them available for her if she ever needs them. I am a strong advocate for abstinence. That's one of the things that I have encouraged for her. But she, in fact, did have a baby. Her and her, her fiancé have a one-year-old son. And I, one of the things that I always laugh about is I tell youth to make dating a part of coming and getting tested. If you're going to date someone, why don't you all come in and get tested so you know where you are? And she actually didn't come to where I am, but she went to another location in, in Virginia, and her and her boyfriend actually got tested, and she made the decision that, they were going to engage in sex and so she she's had a lot of knowledge about it and she has in turn shared her knowledge with some of her friends fortunately she is using protection now but she had that opportunity to get as much knowledge as i could share with her and through the work that i do she has read a lot and knows a lot about it so i'm hoping that she continues to do the best that she can and be safe what was the first thing that you did that you feel really helped you come to terms with your own diagnosis? The first thing that I did when I was informed of my wife's diagnosis is I, when I did leave the hospital, I went directly to my spiritual advisor, and I informed them of what the situation was. 
like I said, I, I relied and still rely very heavily on my faith to deal with this virus. And that was the one thing that we did. We prayed for each other. We prayed that our faith would continue to give me strength to deal with what I was dealing with. The grieving process and the, and the knowledge of my HIV status, it just kind of made me a little withdrawn from family and some friends. But the main thing was I was focused on trying to keep healthy. I wanted to be healthy for my daughter. And so the medication was the first thing that I started with, was educating myself about what the medications were, what the side effects to them were, and the benefits of them outweighed all the side effects. So that was the first thing I did was started immediately on medication, but relying on my faith a lot to, to help me deal with it. My first regimen was Combavir and Sestiva. One of the side effects that I know I dealt with a lot was the crazy vivid dreams, anxiety, and eventually passed. That's one of the things that I try to share with people as well is some people think that the side effects are so overwhelming that they get discouraged. And I know that each individual is different, but the side effects lasted for probably maybe two to three months, and it kind of made the depression a little bit more enhanced. But according to my doctors, the medication was doing what it needed to do. And as long as the HIV was staying under control, then I felt like I could deal with some of the side effects. Understanding why I was having the anxiety attacks and understanding that what I thought at that time because of the experience that I'd had, if I can keep my life, then I can deal with some of these side effects. But it was a little tough. I've moved on from that now to a tripler. So it's still the vivid dreams, it's still some of the anxiety, but the virus is being controlled. So I'm, I'm thankful for that. I took a drug holiday, as they call it, in between going from the Cumberbatch and Sestiva. I took about a month in understanding the, the, the toxicity of the medication and understanding that there are, you know, long-term side effects that we still may not be aware of with certain medications. I felt like I wanted to just see where my, my body was, what was my body capable of doing on its own, because I got started on the medication so quickly that I just wanted to take a break from it. So when I did go back and my viral load had kind of changed a little bit, that's when we talked about the triplet. So I've been on the triplet now probably about a year. I have not discussed with him about changing it because the side effects, as I said before, I can handle those to a point. I found out with the triplet that it does make depression a little bit more difficult to keep controlled. So I've gotten on some antidepressant medication, but as long as it's, it's controlling the virus, at the rate that it is right now, I, I haven't really discussed changing it at this point. What has your health been like generally? Have you had any HIV-related health issues at all since you were diagnosed? I have had none. No HIV-related illnesses at all. I've been blessed in that way. That I think the advancement of the drugs that are out now have really cut down on some of those problems that people in prior years have had. How did you find your HIV doctor? Have you had the same doctor for a while, or have you switched up a little bit? What's that relationship like? 
Initially, I was with a program here in Virginia that deals with a lot of the HIV patients in the Nova Juniper program, which is wonderful in the area with some of the best doctors. And since then, I've ended up with a doctor through Kaiser, and he's just great, and his infectious disease doctor is wonderful there. It's just a lot of um, resources in Virginia right now as far as medical care that is really good. So I, I was connected with, with the Nova Juniper program for several years until I became happy and eligible to get insurance through my, my work. And so I've been working with Kaiser Permanente. I've been thankful to them for keeping me with the same doctor. I've been pretty much with the same physicians since I've been involved with them. So that makes it a lot easier. Is there anything else that you do to stay healthy besides HIV meds? It sounds like prayer and spirituality is very important. Do you exercise or have a special diet? And how does spirituality now sort of support your health? I'm not a person that exercises a lot. (laughs) Through my work, I do a lot of walking. I drink a lot of water. I try to eat a lot of fruits. I do take vitamins. And the best thing that has helped me in addition to my faith is I laugh a lot. I think laughter and happiness can pull you through and do a lot of things with your immune system and with your spirit and with your body that because of my work, a lot more people know now about my virus. And so I'm able to to laugh about things that at one time I thought I would never be able to laugh about. But I, I surround myself with wonderful people. I've been blessed with, with great extended family of friends and they just keep me laughing, and they, they keep my life normal for me. I don't sit around and I don't think about my virus as much as I used to because there's always something else going on that that's not an issue. And I see so many other people around me that are healthy, so that's encouraging, that life is still wonderful. I see wonderful people who have been positive much longer than myself, and they're still healthy and they're still happy. So that, that's encouraging as well. At this point, it sounds as if you pretty much are open about your HIV status to everyone who's close to you. Are there family members still who don't know? or are you? I was fortunate enough to be a part of a PSA that was done for Fairfax County Health Department. And it's called Breaking the Silence. I had a part in that and it's been televised all over the Northern Virginia area. So. A lot of people know me now for being an advocate for HIV and AIDS. I'm very open about it, and that's been a good therapeutic thing for me, too. The more I'm able to find out that my sharing my story may help someone think twice about their risky behaviors or make someone feel more comfortable with talking about their status, it's a wonderful feeling, the work that I do puts me out there. I do HIV presentations at local schools as well as some health facilities um, and organizations throughout the area. So I'm, I'm always talking about it. I'm always learning more about the issues that other people are dealing with. And I find that having people like myself and others who are openly discussing it, the forms like you have for us to talk about it, is so encouraging to other people. So I, <laughs> I think my status is known by everybody who knows me. How long have you been working in HIV in general, and how long have you been working at NOVAD? I actually started as what we call a face-to-face speaker with NOVAM probably in 2007. 
And through the success of my story being told and me continuing to learn more, I was actually hired as an HIV prevention specialist, and I did Internet outreach. And I was hired in 2008, and I've been here ever since, and um, still doing the face-to-face presentations. I've actually been working on a program called the HEARTS program, which stands for Health Education and Risk Reduction Training Services, which, which, which this program works with MSM African-American youth, and it helps them to recognize the challenges in their lives that put them at risk, trying to deal with some of the, the, the blocks in their lives that put them at risk as well, and just being that someone that can openly talk with them about their situation and help them to work around um, resources that are available to keep them safe. Some of them are positive and some of them are not. And so we incorporate the youth that are positive to help to educate the ones that are not and explain to them, you know, how they can change some of their behaviors and, and incorporate condoms in their activities and just be a support system for them. So it's been a wonderful experience um, doing that for the last year. But I still do the Internet outreach, still do the face-to-face presentations. I'm also now had the pleasure of working with the faith community in helping the churches in the area to start HIV-AIDS ministries and doing testing events at the churches. So there's been a lot of wonderful opportunities that have come from just being a face-to-face speaker and, and getting hired and, and every program that comes available that they feel I'm capable of contributing something to, they give me the opportunity. What's been your experience in the faith community? Some resistance. It's been very difficult to stand in some of the pulpits and talk about anal and oral sex and vaginal sex and and not have some of the the parishioners cringe a little bit. But I think the reality is that everyone now realizes that this virus is preventable. I think that people are more willing now to openly talk about things that are going on in the church and how a church can play a role. The church has always been a place for people to go and get information for many, many years, and to now have the churches being a little more open to talk about these issues to their congregation um, and let them know that this is an issue that has truly affected every area of the community, to be able to go to church and get that knowledge because I mean, these are people with, that we, we trust um, to give us the correct information about things that affect our lives. They're open to the trainings, but they don't want condoms in the church. They don't want to promote anything by presenting condoms to them, but they've been very open about understanding that, in fact, some of their own congregation are infected or affected by this virus. So they, I, I think they see they really have no choice now but to to open up and deal with that situation. And I think it's been a wonderful success here in Northern Virginia. Going back just a little bit, you started as a speaker in 2007 and then were hired at Novem. What kind of work were you doing before that? Before that, I was a home health aide. I hadn't worked in a while after my diagnosis. And one of the therapeutic things that I was informed of how getting involved with the face-to-face program, and that's how I started kind of building myself back up, being able to openly talk about it to people and seeing that what I thought was the end for me was actually a beginning. I had always done home health care, certified nursing assistant, that type of work, but 
this HIV diagnosis made me feel like I needed to start moving away from, from so much of that. But my diagnosis turned my life around and gave me a new vision. It gave me a new mission. I was doing nothing at first because I was still dealing with the depression, still dealing with, in fact, some suicidal thoughts. Just a lot of things that, that a lot of people express that they, too, have dealt with um, in this virus. With everyday life, we get discouraged. And then when we add the HIV onto it, that's another issue that makes things a little difficult. But doing the face-to-face speaking is what I, I've been doing, what I've enjoyed doing, and what has helped to encourage me you know, to, to feel better about my position in life. So I'm sticking with the HIV prevention at this point. Tell me a little about your background. What kind of neighborhood did you grow up in and what was your family like? I was born and raised here in um, Northern Virginia in the city of Alexandria. Attended T.C. Williams High School. I think a lot of people remember the Titans um, that were made very famous with the Denzel Washington movie. Grew up with very wise parents who gave me an education in addition to what the public school system could give me about life, about respect and pride and morals. And grew up with a very large, close-knit family, um, family reunions, many matriarchs in the family. My grandfather, my mom, dad, who was just an awesome man who was actually born to slaves, was our matriarch in our family. And we had family dinners there on Sundays. We celebrated his years. He lived to be 100. And just celebrating his life. My mother had 11 brothers and sisters, so it was always a reason to celebrate something. My mom and my family as a whole and my dad gave me a wonderful foundation to build on. That, too, with my faith, has continued to give me, you know, a good outlook on life. I still have the same friends that I actually had as a child growing up and in fact some of my friends have tested positive so we become a support system for each other i think that when we have that foundation that's already been laid and set up for us we can fall back on that at our weakest of times and and get encouraged so i credit where i am today because of my family and my friends Um, I grew up around a lot of wise people, and and that information to this day still clicks in. Some of the things that I heard as a kid, today I still say, oh, now I understand what my mom or what my dad meant or what the the lady across the street meant or what my grandfather meant by certain things that he would say. I had a pretty wonderful childhood, and I have a lot of things to be thankful for as far as my family life and being here in Virginia. You know pretty much everybody. Who was the first person among your friends and family that you told about your HIV diagnosis? The second person that I told was actually my cousin, because my cousin had been living with HIV for quite some time. And I knew that they were positive. And I went to them after maybe about a month, and I shared with them that I, too, was positive. And that was a lot of support that I had to rely on. I find that in a lot of families, when we don't openly talk about it, we find that there are other people, especially in large families, that there are other people right in your own family that are dealing with it in secret. 
and um, my cousin was open enough about their situation to have that for me to go to. And my cousin, in fact, also passed away some a couple of years ago from their complications due to the AIDS virus, and that was kind of devastating. But I learned so much because they had been positive for many, many years and very healthy. That was encouraging to have my cousin available to talk to. I still, to this day, don't openly discuss it with a lot of my family. I, they don't have to say anything to me to let me know that they are aware. It's just that they continue to, to love me. They continue to be a part of my life. It's a lot that's unsaid. It's just showing me through their actions that they have no problem with it, that they support me. If I'm not on a phone with one of them, at least twice a week they're calling to make sure that I'm okay. But we never openly discuss it as much. But I think that the way that I started feeling comfortable with talking about it was through the face-to-face program. A couple of my cousin's children were present in some of those presentations. So it kind of trickled down on the family, you know, about my status. How do you decide whether to disclose your HIV status to someone new in your life? How do you decide whether it's something that someone needs to know outside of an educational sort of context? I think that anyone that I'm involved or engaged in a lengthy conversation, it's almost normal for people to say, well, what kind of work do you do? When I say that I'm into HIV prevention and education, it automatically is a subject with most people that I come in contact with. So every opportunity that I get to talk about it to someone who wants to hear it, I do. I have no problem with disclosure at this point because I know how valuable the knowledge is to people who don't have it. I understand that there are so many people still functioning in society that that aren't educated, that if you like me well enough to sit here and hold a conversation with me, knowing that I'm positive, then maybe that will open up your heart to understand it with someone else because we still have so many people that don't get the opportunity to get educated about the virus that they still have some of these stigmas attached to it. Here at NORAM, when we do testing, we have a consultation moment. I'm not necessarily supposed to go into the fact that I'm positive, but there are certain people that you come in contact with that they need to know that life goes on. People look at me and say, but you look so healthy. But there are people walking around with cardiac problems, people walking around with high blood pressure and diabetes. Right now, we are just in the same category. We are treating our illness, and we want to be cared about. We want to be loved. We want to be included, and we want to be a part of other things that go on in this world. What's the best response you've gotten from telling someone that you're HIV positive in any context at all, and what's the worst response? The best response that I've gotten from telling someone that I'm HIV positive is they in turn disclose their status to me. And they had been hiding this issue in their life for about four years. And just me saying to them about my status, they revealed to me that they had gotten an HIV diagnosis some years prior to us meeting. And I became sort of a support system for that person. The worst response that I've ever gotten was someone asking me, well, how long are you going to live? It just kind of struck me because so many people are so uneducated still 
about the virus. But that was the first question they asked is, well, are you afraid of dying? And I'm like, um, no, um, I'm afraid of walking out in front of a bus going about 50 miles an hour more than I'm afraid of the HIV virus. But that was one of the things that kind of bothered me is that people still connect HIV with death. Uh, I won't say that was the worst response. I did get a person that didn't want to shake my hand to end up disclosing that to them, but I gave them enough education in that few minutes that I talked with them to make them really think about it, and they came back later and apologized. Are you in a relationship now, I should ask? A romantic relationship of sorts? No. I'm in about five or six platonic relationships right now. Relationships to me have always been so difficult. I think that my marriage to my wife was one of the greatest experiences of love and togetherness and working together that I've ever had in my life. I think that was one of my blessings. And I'm just not sure if if I'm ever going to find that again. I mean, I know that that relationship was something that I prayed about and something that came to me strictly for me. Um, I believe God made that person in that relationship just for me. So right now, I'm just into friendships. I found out that dating is so nice. It's just a wonderful thing to just have people that just like you for you and not like you for what goes on behind closed doors. So right now, no, I'm not in a relationship. I love dating. I love that. I like that part. I'm content right now. How do you meet people for dating? It's so wonderful to hear someone say that they like dating because I think usually the consensus is, oh, dating, it's so tough. I'm so glad you've had good experiences. I'm a very outgoing person. I'm a people person, I guess. Um, I've always been told that, that community service is one of my assets. So I love talking to people. People tell me that I have a nice smile. People tell me that I have a nice personality. So it's never been a difficult thing for me to meet people. One of my gifts that I pride in myself with is that I'm a vocalist. I love music, and I've had the opportunity to sing it a number of social events and private parties and things like that. So that's always kind of like a door opener for people. You know, they always say, all you got to do is sing the right song and somebody will like it. And so singing the right song every now and then attracts the right person that we can connect on that. And then the friendship builds. And then we just get together from time to time. So social events and, and even to different activities involved with HIV. I've met some wonderful, wonderful people that disclosure is not even an issue in that. So we can just talk openly about um, our meds. We can talk about our side effects to the meds. We can talk about our latest HIV information that that other person may not know. So just meeting people locally. Some of them I met through the Internet just to converse with. So you date mostly other positive folks it sounds like or are you not exclusive about that i'm not exclusive about it i find it easier like i said the disclosure issue is not so difficult we have something more in common to talk about so i think mostly the people that are involved in my life right now are people who are positive because that's pretty much the circle that i'm in as far as dating do you just date women or do you date women and men has that changed at all over time? I lived my life as a gay man growing up. That's a subject that we might need another interview to take care of. But that is one of the things that I talk about in my presentations. I am a gay man, and 
through some bad experiences, I prayed about it, and that's why I said earlier that my relationship with my wife was a gift I did designed specially for me. I was alone for quite a period of time, trying to understand what I wanted in life, what I needed in life, and my relationship with her it really made me start questioning myself. We have a tendency to put people in categories as far as, as, far as their sexual preference, but my relationship with her was much more than that. Basic that we want is to be loved and have someone that we can love, and I found that in my wife. She was aware of my lifestyle when we met, but we knew that the chemistry that was there had a value to it that I didn't want to walk away from, and I, I knew that I had prayed for someone to love me and someone that I could love, and, and it just happened to be sent to me in the form of a woman and, and a person, and I accepted it, and it was truly one of the greatest experiences that I've ever had in my life. In fact, she was the first woman that I'd ever been involved with in my life. I never stopped being the personality that I had, but in that relationship, I found out that there were some things about myself that I wasn't aware of. I, I didn't think that I could love a woman, but I think that I could love, and that was the most important thing. I'm not going to stop my blessing from wherever it comes from at this point, and that's something that I'm really struggling with um, right now. Um, it's just the love. I don't know where it's going to come from, who is, what gender it's going to be, but I just want love. So I look forward in anybody that I'm talking to on that intimate level. I travel mostly in the gay community at this point as far as socializing. And I won't say that to be strictly, but uh, I, I mean, I, I'm around all kinds of people, all kinds of backgrounds, all types of lifestyles. And I have had a few people say, well, I know that you, to a lot of people you identify as being gay, but I know that you were married. And so what do you consider yourself? And I just said, I'm human and I'm looking for love. And I only had maybe that question once or twice. And I don't remember how I responded to it, except for the fact that I think that wherever you find love, you find it. Um, and I think that if you turn down that opportunity to know love from anybody who's offering it to you, then you're missing out on something wonderful. Seeing as before you met your wife and married your wife, you were living as a gay man, did you have any experiences with people after sh you and she tested positive with people with their own stigmas and their own prejudices and ideas about HIV as it relates to gay men? Did people ever think that you infected her? I've had that actually come up. I was actually tested prior to my involvement with my wife because I knew where that relationship was going and that was one of my big issues. It wasn't about a sexual thing, but I didn't want to involve, involve her in my life if that was a possibility. But I received a negative diagnosis. Um, understanding this virus a lot more now, I understand that I did do everything by the window period of understanding. Because I had been in a relationship, in a gay relationship for 17 years, and that relationship had ended maybe about seven years before I, I met my wife. There was no issues in that relationship. We both had been tested. People have asked me, well, how do you know that you didn't affect your wife? But because of the medical reports, the, the blood work, all those things tell me that because of her being 
and an AIDS diagnosis so early on that she had been living with her virus before we met. And in fact, her ex-husband had died a year prior to her dying. So we know where the virus came from as far as she was concerned, um, that she had contracted it from her ex-husband. So there was some confirmation to where she had contracted the virus from. Could you compare your feelings about having HIV now to when you first found out that you were positive? It sounds like you've been on quite a journey since then. When I first found out my diagnosis, like I said, my wife had just died from complications due to AIDS. I now know that life is wonderful. I have a lot of confidence in the medications and the medical advice that I get by the lives that I see that are, are still wonderful. People are still just happy with their lives and where they are right now. Right now, I, I know that I still have a lot to do, and I know that HIV is not going to stand in the way of that. In fact, because of the HIV, I'm a better person today. I'm doing a work that I never thought that I would be doing, but it's still in the same line of what I was doing. I've been involved in healthcare in working with people with different illnesses that I didn't understand exactly what they were dealing with. But now I'm doing a type of work where I understand um, what it feels like for a person to get a diagnosis of HIV, understand what it feels like for a person to be dealing with the side effects, understand what it feels like to have a person to lose a loved one because of this virus. In so many ways, because of the people that I've had the opportunity to come into their lives and touch their lives and just become friends with, I think that it has has enhanced my life in such a way that I didn't believe that this virus had an opportunity or possibility of doing. It's put me in a place mentally, spiritually, and socially that I never thought I would be in. I don't hold HIV accountable for anything that goes wrong right now. It's just what you do with it. It's how you use it. And being able to use my diagnosis in, in a way that helps encourage people to remain negative, not be exposed to this virus, and to encourage those that have been, it's been a very enlightening diagnosis as well as one that at first was a very discouraging one. I've learned so much. I've met so many wonderful people, people who I might not have ever met without being involved in personally with HIV. So. I look at it now as opening another door, opening a, a life that, I, like I said, I didn't ever expect to experience. But since I've been positive, I have had the opportunity to meet some wonderful and inspirational people who have encouraged me to just live life. So the virus has not been a hindrance to me in any way. Is there anything else that you want to share with our readers and listeners over here at thebody.com before we close. One of the things that I would like to share is that we need our parents to get as educated about this virus as possible. We need our youth to be able to openly talk about their thoughts and their experiences with their parents or to educate the parents to a point where they will realize that their children are going through some of the same things that they've gone through. Sex is something that I always think about the old Shaka Khan song. Once you get started, it's hard to stop. And I think that we have to continue to just educate society as a whole on this virus. 
And I think that we just have to open our eyes and understand that this virus is still very prevalent in our lives. It's still going to be a part of of our lives, I believe, until the end of time in some way. There may be cures for it coming in the future, but there are so many people who are still undiagnosed. Getting tested is a wonderful thing because I always tell people the positive thing about getting a positive test result is that now you know where you are. Now you know what you must do to remain healthy, to be aware of your actions, how it involves and affects other people. I just want people to get tested and get educated, mainly educated, because there are so many people that are being turned away. So many youth are on the street today because they're gay and and may be positive, or because they're gay, people assume that they connect HIV with, with homosexuality. And that's one of the things that I'm working so hard on is to keep people from associating HIV with homosexuality because I did not contract my virus through a homosexual act as far as the medical doctors have told me. I contracted it through a heterosexual relationship. So we need everybody to open up and and be aware of the risk. And I don't think everybody is really that open right now to, to learn as much about it and get away from some of the stigma that's attached to it. The opinions expressed by hosts or interviewees in this podcast do not constitute professional advice, should not be considered substitutes for professional services, and do not necessarily represent the opinions of Body Health Resources Corporation or its sponsors. Please see the full disclaimer online at thebody.com. If you have comments or questions, please contact us. Thanks for listening to This Positive Life. For more podcasts and other first-person stories, please visit us online at thebody.com. If you'd like to share your story, please email us at podcast at thebody.com.